0: Good morning, Alex. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. We finally got some nice little rain outside. And it's, I'm sure it's probably going to heat up now, but it feels good this morning anyways. Mm-hmm. Too bad I didn't come before, so we get some more growth of the sweet corn. But I think I'm a little bit sweet corned out at this point, you know. Did you eat Eddie?
0: I didn't eat as much corn this year. Okay. But yeah, it's good stuff. Grew I, up
1: on it. My son will hammer two of them every night and probably every meal if i even let him you know it's
0: it's one thing iowa does really well
1: uh is its corn oh yeah okay so first question um this this came from someone in our congregation Um, is our god the same as the muslim god some people say that it's the same
0: well i think we could say in one way a sense of it is the same but the concept of each religion has it much different so the Muslim God would have a very retributive God uh, very vengeful uh, you have to comply or you're in big trouble kind of God when you come to the Christian God then you see a God of love and mercy a God who created and loves his creation and invests in the creation and forgives time and time again Uh, so maybe in name only mainly in the concept historically, but definitely the manifestation of God
1: is different. Okay. I mean, the Bible talks about God. He was pretty uh, vengeful at times in uh, the Old Testament.
0: True, but there was usually a justice piece to it. It wasn't just out of the blue that, that God knocked somebody out. The, the times that I think are probably most uh, most uh, un, misunderstood by us would be like uh, the fellow who, all of a sudden, steadied the ark of the covenant when it was starting to fall off the cart. And that's one of those that you. Why would he strike that guy dead? Well, God always said that if you if you handled the cart, if you or if you handled the ark of the covenant, you would die. Any hand on that that's why the loops were on that ark, and it was supposed to be carried with uh, with poles instead David when he was moving it and this situation happened they were moving it with an ox cart with an ox they sort of how can I say they were sort of being lazy about it sure instead of carrying it like God had ordained it to be carried hmm. so when you look at it in context God does exactly what He says He's going to do, and He is He He applies equal justice. God's just pretty even-handed in the Christian Bible, the the uh, Hebrew Bible, compared to what you see come out of more the uh, other tradition, the uh, Muslim tradition.
1: Okay, so you're just seeing a different kind, or not? Word it just to not be disrespectful but right it's a, it's a different manifestation and overall personality and attitude and how he judges each one of us right okay well I mean I guess based on that judgment here's a question why are Christians so judgmental
0: well we're a tad bit human and so we tend to think that now that we have the grace of God and we've been forgiven uh, we're on the upper hand and so that gives us the the uh, license if you will to to say well I'm in a different space than you are and so we tend to be that way and we even tend to be that way sometimes within our fellowship I'm a I've got a little bit more grace than you do charisma if you will would be the uh, Greek term uh, I'm gifted more than you are sure. so I occupy a different place in, in the fellowship In reality, uh, I found that when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of a Christian, humility just flourishes. And uh, that, to me, is the mark of a Christian who understands uh, the last will be first and the first shall be last, like Jesus said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's saying like, this, this is like a, this is a question I found on like a focus on the family websites like the number the five questions that uh, non believers or future believers will say um, ask about the Christian faith think mean, why are Christians I mean, even that is kind of a judgmental statement to say but it no one really likes to have judgment on them for their bad women. we right. know you know
0: and we've gotten a lot of flack for the human sexuality uh, sure. saying that we're being judgmental and uh i that's the one that probably i take to heart the most
1: what do you because, mean
0: because well mainly because we have been hard on the homosexual yeah when in reality homosexuality is in a a much bigger list and it includes things like greediness so it would almost say that in paul when paul makes that list uh being greedy carries the same weight of sinfulness as homosexuality and we just don't go there
1: who is he talking to in that verse
0: is that the Galatians
1: in that passage he was addressing somebody wasn't he
0: yeah it was in the letter
1: okay that's what I was wondering he's in
0: one of the letters yeah 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 and we could research that and bring that back next week if you want sure but uh, you know it's odd to me that you say, yeah, we're judgmental, and yes, we are judgmental, but we uh, we have been in danger of taking it maybe a little too far.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the perception of, um, you know, some on the outside, they want to say that Christians are, they think that God hates X. And it's like, I don't know anyone that has ever thought that. Um, I mean, I know that there were signs, you know, people had signs that back in the 80s and stuff that said some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly don't think that's prevalent anymore. I mean, if, if, if there's anywhere, if there's a place for, and this kind of goes in the judgmental thing, if there's a place for the sinner, it would be in the church. So when, if you're looking for, you know, sinners, I bet you could find some in the church. They're the,
0: well, and I think that's where we've come up short is sure. romans three we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god yeah and uh, romans six twenty three. the wages of sin is death mm-hmm. and so since we're all sinners death is one thing that we all will uh it, it's our judgment to understand that jesus saved us from our sins he's given us a way out i would think we would be offering that way out as much as possible realizing that at any point All of us are tempted with sin and uh, can easily fall Uh, it's just the human condition to sin yeah so we also need to also keep coming back to Jesus and bring those things along and ask forgiveness
1: yeah okay um, so this one is this one grinds against some people's gears because it's a lot of times it's so it's ephesians 522 i'm sure you can recite that one by heart and it's used in weddings a lot and a lot of times in a wedding you know you have all that family not ever not necessarily everyone understands that verse Um, wives
0: submit to your husbands yes as in the lord
1: okay yeah so god is calling you know the wives to be submissive and the husband to love the wife and uh, i mean loving someone I mean that's an easy concept for us well we think it's an easy concept well, for it's us agape to the yeah. word used there's agape yeah and
0: so that's not quite as easy a concept
1: yeah. I mean can you can you so, talk to more maybe ease some of the um, negative feelings about saying that every wife has to submit everything? well I, you
0: know? I think part of it's in that in that word submit so in the first before it talks about us all submitting and that means to place ourselves in order under and it's a military term it means for the best outcome of the military engagement you put yourself in the place that you are to occupy and you hold that position of course he'll go on in chapter 6 and say to stand and that's part of the armor piece but that submit word is a military word to say take your position under your husband as you would unto the Lord and uh, husbands love your wives and that's agape it's the same word that he talks about jesus loving us in uh, in john three sixteen. yeah so it's a sacrificial love yeah so while he calls the women the wives to to be uh to submit to their husbands it means order themselves under their husbands and then it calls the husbands to uh to sacrificially love their wives like christ loved the church loves yeah. the church and gave himself up for it and so that's a very sacrificial love on the guy's side the flip side is you notice as you go down in that passage it doesn't ask the husbands the wives to love their husbands why is that he asked them to respect their husbands yeah and i think that's a concept i just so interesting paul's so in tune to us guys yeah because love well that's one of those mushy terms we don't really understand to the depth that a woman does oh yeah but we understand respect yeah and even if we disagree with each other as long as respect exists between us we can talk we can communicate and keep things going i'm not sure we we want to go with the submit thing and highlight that without helping women understand the respect piece that men need yeah in the in the uh, covenant relationship of marriage
1: the women need i mean it's just like the most fruitful thing for your marriage is for the husband to be self-sacrificing because i mean i know that i when i when i read it you know at first you know it did kind of it was like well, that's yeah i could see why people don't like that you know all everyone that is a woman has to submit it but it's it's not. I mean, it is kind of calling to a hierarchical structure, but it's those are the things that are going to be very fruitful for your marriage. I know there's definitely times early on in my marriage where it's like I'm going to sneak off and go do something else, um, you know, fishing, working on, you know, woodworking and stuff like that, um, things that I want to do that I like to do, selfish reasons. Whereas being self-sacrificing, you know, massaging your wife's shoulders, helping clean um, up—both of those things—I'm very not good at. I'm good at cooking food, but I'm very not very good at the responsibility of cleaning it all up. Um, I've gotten better over the years, but you know, it's that self-sacrifice, and that—that I know that I know that if I cleaned up everything, if I actually put my half-clean pants into the hamper instead even though I feel like they're kind of in that limbo area where I might wear them tomorrow that that would make her feel really loved where the same time I feel really loved when I am respected and my opinions are respected
0: that same commerce I mean that's basically a Mm give-and-take which is an economy if you will that same thing comes to place then when we talk about submission love respect it's what you need compared to what your wife needs and that's an economy so that's when you put submit in that understanding that this fits together well and this works well our household our family will work well if we keep this in in mind it makes it re, it makes us begin to realize that God is not a God of chaos. And God will bless us as we keep the order that he's put in place. Uh, that blessing's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Are there exceptions to it as far as like the hierarchy within a marriage? You know, like, I've thought about this before where it says, um, and I don't remember the passage, but like the, the women should not uh, lead the church. They're only supposed to, you know, talk to the women and children. But we've had like, two really good women pastors that have, I mean, um, Marlene, she mm-hmm. shaped my understanding of stuff so, so much. And I liked the way she preached too. She was very engaging. Um, she'd go off on tangents, talk about the histories of stuff like that, and really mm-hmm. develop helped me develop a spiritual connection with, uh, with God and the Bible and understanding of all of that. And that was so fruitful. Um, Like, are there exceptions to some of those things?
0: Well, there's always exceptions to some things. You even go into the Old Testament and you see an exception because Deborah basically led the people of Israel during a time when the men wouldn't engage. And I'd say that's the key piece. Uh, If men don't step up and take the leadership role, God will not let his people be without someone to bring spiritual leadership. And I remember when I said that in C.J. Dick in my uh, senior exam and at seminary, and C.J. Dick's glasses almost fell off his ear, or his nose when he when I said that. when I said, "Well, look at the table, look at the Bible, and the precedent that's set here." Mm-hmm. And there's definitely women who preach better than I do. And uh, that that's just the way it is. Yeah. So there are exceptions.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I know that within this church um, like the, um, I forget the organizations actually, but like the women's groups within this church serve the community and the church more than our non-existent men's group do. I mean, and and that's something we we're wanting to get back together and start up, um, in the future here. I mean, without that, then what would we have? Would we even be a church right now? Would we even be sitting here in this building or would it be turned into something else? So many
0: times it's the ladies that keep things going. Yeah. But the flip side of that is when the ladies are invested in praying for the church, then men will be led by the spirit to step up. Okay. God's got a plan. Sure. It's it's our need to focus in on him enough to know his plan.
1: Yeah it's not looking at your own marriage or relationship and saying well clearly this time it's the exception but it's both both parties coming talking to god being led by the spirit to that rightful place and not necessarily making that decision on their own but fully understanding it i I always wish that like the like i always wondered like when they type that out in the you know uh the new uh, the different translations of the Bible did they ever want Did they ever think to maybe change that from "husbands should love their wives to something that's like equally grading to us I don't know maybe I should not well, say it that way
0: I think that the error that I've seen especially in Bible translation is that the sexes are equal now I, they have equal importance
1: Yeah, explain that one.
0: But yeah, I think I just took myself down the alley here. Sure did. (laughs) But uh, God God created men different than women. Oh, yeah. What you and I need as men is different than what women need as women. When we start lumping everybody in the same barrel, neither one's needs are fully met. Right. God is a God of shalom he means for each of us to be whole that means the piece you need he makes sure you get yeah the 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 the, the piece your wife needs he wants to make sure she gets yeah but it's not maybe going to come out of the same barrel sure and I think when we start lumping everybody into the same case the same right situation uh we're just asking for trouble right and to clarify
1: you know to clarify when you said that we were not created equal are you saying that in the eyes of god that women are less
0: no 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 okay no because you go to first Corinthians chapter 12 we're neither slave nor free neither male nor female not not that way
1: but our needs are not the same our
0: needs are not the same and we're putting needs at the same place as we're putting who, who we are as in the church and, and places like that and i'm not sure doing that like the translations do is being just yeah and so the equality movement that's going on to me is degrading to women They might be thinking it's degrading to men but i think it's degrading to women and i don't think we're taking all that in consideration by by lumping it all together it's simpler I know and it makes translating simpler yeah but it's it's not it's not the way it was written
1: it's like it's run by the government saying yes everyone in order for us to do better we're going to take your taxes and then everyone gets this but that's not what everyone needs everyone's right. you know different we all need something a little bit different So yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Well, and
0: the danger in Bible translations doing this is the fact that you're taking an ancient text that was written with certain pronouns, masculine or feminine, Mm -hmm. and lumping them into your interpretation of what it should be. And anytime we interpret the word and put it into a form, we're in danger of adding to or taking from God's Word and we see in Revelation chapter 22 that's a no-no because all the plagues of the Bible will be added to that person yeah. who adds to or takes from God's Word
1: how, how do you how do we know I mean wh- how do you know what we're taking and adding to does that make sense because I mean every time there's a new translation of the Bible technically someone's gonna be on the hook for changing the words
0: exactly and I like to take them to task on some of that okay because uh, y- you've got to be able to have someone who you trust that can go back to the original languages and say now wait a minute yeah and that's why I still use the 1984 version of the NIV instead of the 2011 version of the NIV because they messed up so many pronouns but not only did they mess up the pronouns but they also messed up an understanding of uh, God's presence in, in Philippians, they changed some things there uh, that uh, changes the understanding of who God is and the presence through the Holy Spirit kind of thing. And uh, so when I saw that, and I trusted where I was getting that information from, I said, no, 2011 version, I'm not gonna use. Hmm.
1: So what you're saying is that we all need to learn how to speak Greek?
0: Not necessarily, but you need to have someone you can trust okay, that can go back to the text and say, sure. Well, it's like Romans you know one of my places I don't like the way it NIV is translated is in Romans uh, chapter 12 verse 1 where it talks about their spiritual act of worship and when act goes through my mind it's like I'm in a drama and just acting like I'm worshiping I like it being in reasonable service is what it's done in the uh, King James I think reasonable act Activity of worship spree, uh, spiritual activity of worship okay it, this way I so when I read it out of my Bible even though it says spiritual act of worship I read it as spiritual activity of worship okay it's one of those things
1: yeah I, and this is another question along those lines but um, I think it was last year maybe the year before um, the Pope or someone within the Catholic Church said the Lord's Prayer is done wrong like it shouldn't be Lead us not into temptation, because why would you ask the Lord to not lead you into temptation when He would never do that? Or is that the one? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's in the Lord's prayer. Yeah, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for Mm -hmm. thine is the glory. Yeah. Uh, Where I don't have a really good answer for that. Yes, stumped you. Wah. It took seven episodes. <laughs> no, no, you stumped me before. Uh, Jesus is, is giving that prayer to his disciples as a way of saying, uh, laying it out before God. Mm-hmm. So it almost reads like a psalm. And if you read it Psalms, it's very, you know, David is very uh, transparent with his life. We were re- reading Psalms this morning. It was amazing how transparent david was with his feelings to god i think this is one of those moments that in the midst of a prayer jesus is saying hey you can be straight with god and say hey don't don't lead me even close to temptation but please deliver me from evil for thine is the kingdom yeah thine is the power and the glory forever and
1: ever amen yeah i mean a temptation isn't really a bad thing is it because I mean I think that the devil and God both see the value in temptation you know because that's that's where that's where we get to make our own decisions that's where we're judged upon we never have tempt. I think there's a famous saying like a man without temptations is or has a lot of vices or something like that well
0: you know? and it definitely shows the metal of our faith hmm I mean how deep is our faith if it's never tested
1: right yeah okay do you check to see if people are paying te- attention during your sermons
0: absolutely oh, man. boy I have inventory on everybody out here you know, I like, you know oh he's asleep again I got to add another illustration you know
1: what are, your, what are your thoughts on sunglasses in church then <laughs> <laughs> Oh. okay um,
0: it's not that bright a sermon oh.
1: <laughs> okay um, I've got some would-you-rather questions uh, just to lighten it up here at the end. Um, would you rather have a pig live in your house for a month or hug a porcupine? Oh,
0: I think I'd rather hug the porcupine. You can go to the doctor once and get the quills out.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. What's wrong with the pigs? They'd be be—they're um, so cute.
0: They're so cute when they're little, but they grow up.
1: huh. Then you could eat it. Well, you'd probably grow to love it, though. Yeah, so. but you said
0: live in my house. You right. didn't say... Hang in my house. That's true. Ready for smoking or something like that. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I, I've seen Sorry. pigs uh, chew up bowling balls, or not chew them up, but we put them in there for them to, for them to play with. Next morning came back, they're gone.
0: Yeah. They, they scavenge, they oh, take care of it. They are the most I, you destructive. Know, I, I creatures have a great high value for my hog farmers okay because that's something I would not be able to do. Hmm. I just, yeah. You know. I like it god bless you god bless you it's a special and special uh dispensation for you
1: uh, would you rather take care of an infant for a month or have both of your hands badly burned
0: infant oh
1: yeah all right well yeah. we'll get the car seat transferred okay. to your car then and uh there you the, go. and you can take care of them i'm oh, looking yeah. forward for a good night's sleep see i'm
0: in grandpa mode
1: okay yeah, yeah.
0: you'll get there someday I'm, Lord oh, I'm willing. sure. I've Lord heard willing. a lot of
1: people being like, "Oh, being a grandparent's way better than being a parent. I wish I could skip that part." I mean, can't. You know,
0: can't have one without the other.
1: That's right. But uh, Ben, he, he he's like a little chinchilla all night long just constantly noises and grunting and squeaking and just
0: ah, <sighs> oh, fatherhood. Oh. God bless oh, you, I brother.
1: Oh, man. Um, the last question came from my 2-year-old son. Charlie. Yes. oh I asked him. Do you have any questions for the pastor He's like, yeah what do you what, what should i ask him? can i have spaghetti tonight
0: oh i'm not cooking tonight
1: okay well i mean it's just can he have it
0: as far as i'm concerned he can have it okay yeah that
1: kid that kid can pound some serious spaghetti action that's pretty good that'd be fun to watch uh-huh all right last question uh what was jesus's race what color was his skin
0: well he would have been pretty tanned tanned because he was Jewish so he'd have been dark complected darker than we like to think
1: well I mean I tan
0: well yes but considering the fact that he lived in the Middle East yeah and there was abundant sunshine
1: hmm well why do we always have Jesus be white and all these pictures and stuff around the church it's
0: more palatable to us why is that because he looks more like us hmm. so it makes it easier
1: hmm has anyone ever thought about changing that
0: oh yeah there's other portraits of Jesus out there I think it's interesting though how close the features are of many of the portraits we have of Jesus even though we don't have a accurate picture of his face so many of the portraits look so similar and you know even you look at the shroud of Turon. I was which just gonna ask that ancient
1: you know, yeah uh, you think that thing is like real i hope so it is cool i hope so if no one knows what it is it's it's, it's supposedly the, the the cloth that was put over jesus's body and it essentially has a body or a facial image like not burned but discolored into the cloth as if something was really bright underneath it and you can see the like where the no you can't see the thorns could you no no no. he wouldn't be wearing that but 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 you you can can see see... where
0: the thorns because it's a a image that also uh, reflects the the blood and the blood stains of
1: the body yeah on the sides yep Uh,
0: the the material was stained in Mm -hmm. some way by that as well Uh, my pastor said something when i was in catechism that i've held on to for all these years that as the time of jesus come coming gets closer there will be more and more archaeological evidence that the Bible is true to form is true to date things like the Ark of the Covenant things like the shroud uh, the nails these things will actually be proven to be true without a shadow of a doubt and the faith of believers will be reinforced
1: hmm and you believe that too I believe in that okay yeah
0: I believe he's coming soon how soon yeah about that okay
1: <laughs> all right well this might have been a little bit longer pod, uh episode here but uh we certainly appreciate it and then maybe next week we can um address some more like biblical translations and stuff like that so sure sounds good all right well thanks don
0: thank you alex good, good job one.